The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and happy Tuesday. And thank you for joining us again for this, uh, for our Source of Truth podcast and our live stream devotional. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're so glad you've taken a few minutes out of your day, whether you're watching this live or later tonight or listening to it in audio format later. Uh, we're just so grateful that we have, a, we have a chance to be part of your day and teach the Word of God to you. It's one of my favorite things to do. And, um, and I just greatly appreciate the privilege I have to be able to do that and that people are watching and listening and hopefully truly being encouraged in the Word of God. Today we're in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. What we're going to do is we're going to finish uh, the last two counters. As you know, um, we were talking about the seasons of life, and last week we went through, in last uh, several episodes, we've been going through uh, these different um, opposites that Solomon brings up and time for this and a time for, for that. So we're going to look at the last two verses of that in this episode, and then tomorrow we're going to kind of excuse me, take a, take a moment and embrace kind of some concluding thoughts that Solomon gives us as he embraces really, I think, a lot of the crux of the book of Ecclesiastes. As Ecclesiastes, there's a word, kuheleth, it's the word that simply means the preacher, it's what Solomon calls himself in this passage. And we're going to see how Solomon just takes some time um, and explains the premise really of the thinking of, of we need to start, you know, really giving us a premise of the world, our, our worldview. But let's go ahead and take a few minutes. We'll look at that tomorrow. But let's go ahead and take a few minutes and finish up these verses, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 7 and 8. So let's start at verse number 7, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 7. The Bible says, if there's a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. So what we're looking at, we see the idea of rend and sow. We're talking about the idea of when things are struggling, rend, tear apart, so bring together. Um, there's a time when things are hurting, a time when, when we lose things, family, things of that nature, and a time when we can bring together and try and we gain relationships. It says in the second half of the verse, time to keep silence, time to speak. So the most simplistic way to look at this would be that there are certain times in life when things are rough. We lose things. We lose people, friends, families, relationships, and it's unfortunately part of life, generally speaking, through death. And so you go, I'm telling you, if you've ever been around someone, there, you probably have been in a circumstance like this where you say, I don't even know what to say to them. That's where he says in the second half of the verse of time to keep silence and time to speak. There are just some times in life where saying something is absolutely not necessary. As a matter of fact, in some of these times of life are referencing, it might even be better for us to say, in those times, the best thing you can do is just remain quiet. Um, you know, a lot of times we can, well, we say things we wish we hadn't, or we forget the fact that the person that we're listening to, the person going through grief that we're trying to help is not looking for answers. There are no answers. Whatever grief they're going through is valid. It's there and it's not going away. They're not going to get it back and there's nothing we can say. And, there, and, and honestly, there's nothing we can say to alleviate the pain. It's there. What we need to do is just listen and let them speak. And when we listen and give them an ear, what we're doing is we say we care enough to listen. And sometimes they're just going to repeat themselves. Sometimes they're just going, they're going to be surprised by some of their frustrations. And if you've never been in the spot where you've lost somebody, you don't know what I'm talking about. But it's, it's part of being there. It's part of processing everything going on. So he says there are times in life, and unfortunately there are, when, when hurt's going to come and struggles are going to come and we can't stop them. So there's a time to be remain silent and just listen. There's a time where we need to speak up and say, hey, let me help you. How do, we, how do we move forward in this? And that, you know, generally, what are those times? We learn those. Uh, as, as we generally, the, 
The situation makes itself available. If I'm talking, listen to somebody around the time of a, a loved one is lost, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time talking. Later on, months, months, a few weeks later, as they're growing out or they're, they're struggling, we can advise. How can I help? We can maybe talk a little more at that point. But there's a key to just being sensitive to listening to people when they're hurting. Let's go on to the last verse here, verse number of this section, verse number eight. Solomon said, there's also a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. Again, two extremes in all of this. Now, immediately you look at verse number eight and you say, wait a minute, as Christians, we're supposed to love. And by the way, we are supposed to love. God tells us to, if you study the book of 1 John, it's all about us loving others. And so we hope we understand that premise that there's something we're supposed to do. It's something God's commanded us to do as he did. So then how can you, how do you then parallel what he tells us to do in the New Testament as Christians with what Solomon tells us to do in the Old Testament when there are times of love but then a time of hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. Well, I think what we have to do is we have to look at the fact that, again, what Solomon is telling us is these are just parts of life. These aren't commands, these are parts of life. And unfortunately, you're going to learn in life that there are times where we do show love and the times where we don't, in times where we hate. Let me tell you, give you an example. We love those who come our way. We try to do our best to love them, no matter their background, no matter any of that, and we hope that the word, they will listen to the Word of God and grow in that. But when do we hate? Well. I think we have to understand it's the world tells us to hate this and this and this. I think what we have to understand is it's not that we hate certain aspects of certain people. What we learn to hate is injustice, prejudice, things of that nature, the things that we see in the world that are just hurtful to people. We learn to hate that. Um, you know, one of the things that I tell you personally that drives me nuts is when I hear, it really does bring anger, is when I hear somebody treating someone else a certain way based upon the way God created them. That, that's something that should bring a level of hate. I don't let thinking, and I'm not talking I hate the person, I hate that thinking. Here's the thought, the, the world, now by the way, the world screams, you must love, and they're not wrong in what they're saying. Here's the problem I have with how the world says they're to love. The world says you are to love what we want you to love, the way we want you to love, simply means this, you are to love what we tell you to love. Because those same people who tell us and scream at us to love a certain group of people will use their same platforms to speak vitriol against anybody who holds the positions in the Bible we do, no matter how lovingly we hold them. They don't like this, they don't like the Bible, they don't like God. And so if you just listen to how they spoke to people of religion, people of our belief system, there's no love in that. So the world is saying love, but what they say is love the way we want you to love, what we need to do or hate the way we want you to hate. Love the things we tell you to love and hate anybody else who disagrees with us. That's the world's thinking, and it's not biblical. There are times to love, times to hate. What we do is we hate a thinking that is unbiblical. Hate a thinking that hurts people. Hate a thinking that draws people away from God, away from Jesus, and, and, and really a thinking that is very humanistic and culturally insensitive and, frankly, a, a, a thinking that's so anti-God. We should hate that. I mean, I mean, why would I hate that thinking? That hate thinking is destroying my culture. That thinking is destroying our families. That thinking is destroying our marriages and telling them it's perfectly okay. It is very anti-God. And if it's anti-God, I should hate that thinking. You know, the world, you know, I should love you, be, you know, only if you fall into where I'm at. That is just not the way the Bible states that I love you. You know, when someone comes into our church, we're going to love them no matter what, because God's created them, and we love them, and wherever they're back, wherever they're from, and we love them, we let God do the work in their heart. 
But we love them and we encourage them because what God told us to do. And any system that tells me I should or should not love them, I don't like that system. The world's got a very humanistic thinking that is just unbiblical by many, many, many stretches. And so we're careful when we say this. There's a time for both of these. And what we look at is the fact that there's a time that we need to make sure we're following biblical principles. And he says in the second half of the verse, a time for war and a time of peace. We're all supposed to be peace. You know, it's interesting in the, in the um, Sermon on the Mount, it states that we are to be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. You understand peacemakers are not necessarily just people who sit back and say, oh, please don't, please don't, please don't. Let me ask you a question. Do you think if we just used peace and asked Putin to stop right now, he would? No. Sometimes peacemakers are ones that have to use a level of force to bring peace. If there's conflict in a relationship, the peacemaker is the one that's going to go in confrontation to see the situation, to try to bring peace. You can't bring peace unless you're willing to confront the thing causing conflict. So you do it lovingly, you do it correctly, but you go and you say, this is, these two, this is what's causing the conflict, let's deal with this. And when we deal with this, we can move. That's a peacemaker. So there are times of peace and there's times where I have to go in a level of conflict so that I can bring the peace that... I desire that God wants us to have. He tells us in Scripture that we're to, as much as possible, live peaceably with all men. But he says as much as is possible, which means there are times that's not always possible. And so we please understand where the Scripture says that Christians say, well, I'm a Christian. I can't believe in any level of anything but peace. Well, as long as you understand where peace is biblically. Sometimes I have to go to people and, and take the steps necessary to bring peace. Peace is not just, well, I'm not doing anything. We've got to be very careful and we understand how the Bible, what the Bible says about this. And so that's why he says a time of war and a time of peace, because sometimes war is, conflict is what's necessary to bring the desired peace. If you've got somebody who wants to hurt people, that's all they want to do. Someone's got to stand up in defense, which is conflict, to, to bring the peace to stop that person. That's the idea we're talking about here. So he, he gives a list of these seasons and all of these extremes in these seven verses. And what we're going to do tomorrow is we're going to look at the next couple of verses and we're going to take some time to surmise what is it that he stated uh, is his conclusion from all of these things in the first eight verses of this chapter. Well, thank you so much again for the privilege that you've given me to be part of your day. I really hope this is helpful and encouraging. I just greatly uh, thank you that you allow me to be into your home and your work wherever you're at and just give me the chance to help you and encourage you. And uh, we do appreciate that. We want to thank you for joining us again today. And we hope you join us again tomorrow.